Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. Who are we? You're kidding, right? Written by Uzu95 Supian. Planet of Inor, Protectorate under the United Terran Confederacy, year 2233. Yenta sat alone at a bar, trying to stuff his neck fur under the collar of his dress blues. Man, how he hated that collar. What is it with humans always placing stuff around their necks, especially in uniforms? Yentar couldn't wait to be back home, but he might as well enjoy the party. After all, it wasn't every day you could say that you got dropped from orbit with some of the most dangerous beings in the galaxy at your side to deal with the problem. Said problem being a group of jolt slavers on a moon near V, and the solution being a healthy dose of firepower and OSMs. But the collar wasn't bothering him as much as what had happened five souls ago, when he and his unit had actually went in. He did the right thing, right? He was so engrossed in his own thoughts that he didn't even hear Jones sneak up on him. Boo! Jones whispered into the large mouse-like ears, making Yenta jump up in his seat. Yeah, Jones, damn it, he said as the translator on his neck activated and addressed the human who was also there in his blues. Ha, <laughs> I didn't think I could sneak up on you, Whiskers. Don't call me that, Sergeant, replied Yenta. The human stalled thankfully at the private, taking a seat next to the rather uncomfortable Anarian. So, you're gonna tell me what's eating you, Jones said. Yenta glanced back at the human. He didn't even need to translate at this point, having picked up many human conglocalisms in his past two years of service in the Terran Marines. I didn't fire my weapon. And that bothers you, didn't take you for a bloodthirsty type. No, it's, uh, it's not that. It just, uh, feel that I didn't contribute. And why is that? I landed far from the meeting point, so I was not a bravo when you guys were attacked. Then, when those transport passed, I couldn't hit them without revealing myself. Hmm, Jones said with a slight smile. And why would that have been really bad? Is he mocking me? Yenta thought as I responded. Well, there were five of them, and I only had ammo for four. No, no. I mean, what were you going to do at that time? Jones mentioned as he moved his hand into circular motion, signaling him to go on. And I was taking care of Baker. Right, he didn't get his fire his weapon either, but then again, it's pretty hard to do that when your arm is broken and your ankle is sprained. Jones took a sip out of the beer in his hand. Yentar glanced over at the OCSMs, sitting and drinking. Private Alex Martinez, human. Corporal Joe Buck Johnson, also human. Corporal Elevator Arvid, Savani, Lance Corporal Andrononic Smith, Savani, he was adopted, and Thomas Baker, still alive, crutches on arm in a sling, but still alive and smiling. Crap happens during battle, chaos is the name of the game, the same crappy luck that sent you and Baker into a bumfrick middle of nowhere, also had us ambush the slavers at the bridge, utterly decimating them. 
Also, didn't you have to lay low as some of those dudes walked over you? Yeah, I should have. <clears throat> Jones interjected, and he continued, and yet they didn't spot you. What's your point, Sergeant? Do you know why we call you guys possums? Because we look like them? Nope. It's the whole playing dead thing when you guys are scared. You freeze and flop on the ground, pretty normal, considering the dangerous planet you guys came from when we found you. The scientists that they sent couldn't get a word in before you guys flopped. That's it. I'm gonna pounce on him during training when we get back, thought with an increasingly annoyed Yentar. In addition, you guys would make these sounds when you flop. You guys even foam at the mouth. Tell me, Jones said, still sipping his beer. That didn't happen, right? After all, if you had been flopping and making those sounds, it would have been hard to stay concealed. So, you were in a crappy situation, behind enemy lines on a hostile planet, surrounded by a squad of enemy soldiers, taking care of your battle buddy. And you stayed calm. Jones put down his drink and looked into Yunter's eyes. Serious now. Nobody gives a damn that you didn't fire. Hell, some of us were firing non-stop without knowing if we had hit anything, letting the flyboys do all the work. The important thing is that you were there. You fought. You did your job. You get me? Yentar stared back, rocking his head to the side before remembering a nod so Jones could understand. Good. Now then. Looks like my date has arrived. Do me a favor, get some drinks for us, and come sit down. Join the party, he said as he slid a credit card onto the bar. Sure. As Jones went to say hello to a blonde human female, Yentel thought about what he had said. He sure knows how to make you feel better when he's not yelling at you in basic. Yentel did not know if this empathy was just Jones or if it was common to all humans. Probably the latter, considering how well they tried to integrate us into their society. Yenta heard a thumping sound and he saw a large group of Anarkarians enter the establishment. The Anarkarians were the sister species to the Anarians, about as closely related to them as humans were to Neanderthals. A little bit taller, a bit more muscular, and a lot more aggressive. Here's hoping they don't give me trouble, Nientar thought to himself as he began to take the tray of drinks to his friends. Not everyone was happy when the human came, some seeing them as saviors, others races who would kidnap and exploit them, while others fearing the same treatment and erosion of traditional values from their occupation. It didn't help that both the species were in equivalent of a renaissance age when they first contacted aliens from another planet just under 30 years ago. Apparently, Yentar's bad luck persisted off the battlefield as a larger group stood in his way, looking down at him. Pardon me, brother, Yentar said as he tried to edge past him, but the Norikon placed a large paw on his side, giving Yentar a good sniff. You smell like humans, dress like them too. Perhaps, brother, and you fight for them, he said with disdain. Yes, I do. Do you polish the boots as well? Maybe even wash their clothes? The group behind him chittered and laughed, and the large fellow rebelled at the joke. You're truly a master of comedy, brother. Now, if you would excuse me... Hang on, brother, the big one said with a slight snarl. Do you not know of me? No, Yentar said, visibly annoyed as his snarl curled and a bit upwards. And if a lowly servant of unt such as myself hasn't even heard of you, I doubt you're all that important. You claim to serve unt. 
he said in a more dangerous tone, showing off the distinctive fangs of the Enarchon. I am the son of the high priest Yunanval, Venonval, noble warrior and acolyte. Tell me, were you even here when the festival of the waters? Five days ago. Yeah, I was busy. How dare you speak to me like that? Yenon growled as he swiped the tray out of Yentos' paws, smashing the drinks into the floor. The bar quieted down as other beings stopped talking and stared at the pair of them. The other Enarchon started squaring up, surrounding Yenta. All of them were about a head taller than him, and with fangs and claws showing. Hey! A voice rang out in a crowd, cutting through the silence. The Enarchons turned and saw Staff Sergeant Abel Jones walking up and stared at Yenon, eye to eye. What's going on here? He said with a steel lady's voice. The whelp disrespected me. Oh, really? Because it seems like you were bothering private Yentar. The faithless should know their place as well as the invaders. Yenon snarled as he pushed Jones back in the shoulder. As he did this, the other OSM stood up and began to head over, until Jones raised a hand. You know, he caught me in a good mood today, and I really don't feel like destroying you. So how about you pay for my buddy's drinks, and we'll leave it at that. Or what? Faithless. I'm sorry, do you not know who we are? Jones said with a more steel and a slight smile. Faithless aliens who cannot fight without their tank. The bar was now completely silent, some of the more astute patrons heading discreetly for the exits. Jones simply pointed at his chest, signaling an emblem of an anchor, a globe, and a pair of rifles crossing, all framed in a star-shaped badge. You see this? This is the badge of the OSM, stands for Orbital Shock Marines. In case that acronym doesn't translate, here's another. We are the oh-crap motherfrickers who are bred to ruin the days of tiny jerks in need of an ass-kicking. The Anarian right behind you is also a Marine. He earned that right. What you see before you is a brave being willing to fight for your freedom. Oh, really? All I see is a small, faithless whelp and a heroic, good-natured, ever-so-perfectly-honorable human coming to the rescue. But we both know that just the lie to tell yourselves to justify your imperialism. Now tell me, the alien said as he reached his cloak for something, what are you, really? Well, then you're right, you're right, we're definitely not good-natured, Jones said as he kept on smiling. That's right, Yenon said triumphantly, as he had proven something. You're all a bunch of a... I was born in a bomb crater, interrupted Jones. What? My mother was an M42A, and my father was the devil. Each moment that I live is an additional threat upon my life. I eat concertina, piss napalm, and I can shoot around through a flea's ass at 500 meters. I travel the stars, festering on tyranny everywhere I go, for the love of mom, beer, Disney, and Taco Bell. I'm a grunt. I'm the dirty, nasty, stinky, sweaty, filthy, beautiful little son of a bitch that keeps the wolf away from the door. For over two hundred years, I am a Terran Marine. We look like soldiers, talk like sailors, and slap the crap out of both of them. We stole the star from the Air Force, the rifles from the Army, and the anchor from the Navy. And on the seventh day, when God rested, we overran his perimeter, and we've been running the show ever since. Warrior by day, lover by night, drunkard by choice, Marine by God. Don't frick with us. As he finished that sentence, the enraged Anakran tried to draw his gun. 
but couldn't fire before Yentar grabbed and bit down on the Hanan's wrist. Then that's when the fight started. Meanwhile, on the other side of the bar, Jalmakar, the Karatak blade, sat alone with his meal and drink, watching the chaos. Were this any other place, he would have been annoyed, but using his sensitive ears, he heard everything that had transpired and was now rapidly watching the fight. Arms were bitten, punches were thrown, and both parties joined the melee. Well, not so much a melee. The marines started to throw bottles, glasses, chair, even a pair of crutches into the fray. While the inner Khans tried to intimidate with snarls and teeth, bearing the humans went in straight up and wailed on the bodies of those meaty fists of theirs, thudding away as they realized that they were in over their heads. But not before a smaller and an Aryan jumped up onto the leader's back, holding him in place as Sergeant's fist went to work on the noble warrior's face. Huh, amusing, he thought to himself as he stretched his large muscles. I'm going to have fun training with them tomorrow when I get to their base. End of story. Story number two. Be the Ball. Written by Hardlight Serial. I am the ball. I am the ball. I am the ball. What the frick are you doing, Brayden? Huh? Brayden turned and looked at the belt next to him, clutching his bowling ball defensively. I'm saying I am the ball. The yellow-skinned woman rolls her eyes in the human fashion. Yeah, I freaking gathered that. Why? He holds the ball closer to his chest. That is what they do on TV. And you get all your best ideas from TV, do you? Like using the replicator to give yourself a tattoo. He looks down at his prosthetic arm and back up at her defiantly. I don't see you bowling. All you do when you come here is drink on my credit card and flirt with other men. She sighs dramatically. Yeah, I'm a felt genius. Asking me to bowl would be like asking you to do physics. Your species didn't even know about slip space when we discovered you. Felt are smart. Humans are strong. Now finish your stupid game so we can go home. Or I'll take the car home and you can walk. He slams the ball down on the rail. No, I'm not finishing my stupid game. You are. He picks up the light ball, pink, of course, and presses it into her hands. You want to go home? Knock down a pin one. You don't need to beat me. Just try. It's only physics. He chuckled madly. Fine. She stalks up to the line and balls in the imitation of the human form, not her own movements. The ball appears foreign in her hands, as though she doesn't know what to do with it. As her arm lowers it, she loses track of the weight and grasps at the sudden resistance. The ball slides slowly into the gutter. She turns to see the human boyfriend walking towards the door, shooting her a pair of finger guns. The prosthetic arm perfect unison of the real arm, as though it's become these original. Despite the different weight, he integrated it seamlessly into his self-perception. I'm the ball, bitch. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And, if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode, and I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.